Well, welcome to the Black Madonna Speaks podcast with me, your host, Stephanie Georgiev. I'm so pleased to be sharing this time with you. And before we get started, I want to thank my Patreon supporters whose generosity helps make this podcast possible. Because of your generosity, I'm able to pay some bills uh, regarding the podcast, but also to purchase books and other research aids, which are not readily available, say, through my local library or bookshop. So it's because of the generosity of these wonderful people that this my research for this podcast is is available because the books are unique, rare, and expensive and not always available on uh, ebook availability. So thanks, thanks, thanks for all the support. Now, before we get started, I got a couple of announcements. I've been honored to be asked to participate in the World Social Initiative and East African Waldorf Association Conference in Nairobi, Kenya from April 1st through the 5th, and I will be presenting on Sacred Origins of Africa. Now, the conference theme is Encountering Self and Others in the Spirit of Ubuntu, Anthroposophy in Africa. My Patreon supporters will be receiving transcripts and recordings of my talks at this conference, so check out the link below on how you can become a patron for the Black Madonna Speaks podcast and receive all this wonderful content if you're not going to be in Nairobi the first week of April. Now, another really fun and also big bucket list item for me personally will be happening during October 2025. Dr. Brooke Laufer and I will be presenting a workshop in Spain and it will be a wonderful uh, journey from Mons, you know, Barcel- basically starting in Barcelona, going up to Montserrat, and then the Guipuzcoa region. And the workshop theme will be the Black Madonna and the Divine Feminine. Dr. Laufer is a globally renowned Jungian psychologist and author who incorporates the imagery and symbolism of the Black Madonna in her clinical setting as well as in her writings and public speaking engagements. This journey will be absolutely extraordinary on many levels. Again, specific dates will be announced soon, but pencil in October 2025. It'll be a two-week long experience, Uh, so it'll either be the beginning, middle, or end of October. If you would like to experience these breathtakingly beautiful locations... The Black Madonnas we will be exploring are all in one area in the Gipuzkoa region. And so it's not going to be this arduous pilgrim experience of walking tens of miles each day and having to change lodging every night. We're not going to do that. We're going to be staying at basically just two locations and walk to where these beautiful Black Madonnas are and they are known as the seven black virgins of spain and are all short but beautiful walks away from where we will be staying and a secret of this region uh, which is very nice for people who have trouble walking great distances 
You can hire uh, transportation to these areas. Obviously, you have to pay for that. But if you're not wanting the full pilgrim experience of walking all over the foothills of the Pyrenees, never fear. The taxi will come and get you. Now, I will also be updating the Black Madonna Speaks Patreon store page with new videos, podcasts, and ebooks. So make sure to check it out on a regular basis because I will be adding and subtracting from the site. I will actually be taking down the Advent and Guadalupe materials. So if you're interested in that, you better get it while it's there and um, we'll be replacing with other really interesting things. Now this year, Western Easter, now there's a, a Orthodox Easter, which is sometimes the same day as e- uh, Western Easter, the one celebrated by, um, by Catholics and by Protestants. Um, that sometimes it's on the same day and sometimes they're a week apart and sometimes they're quite a bit apart. And this year they're going to be quite a bit. But for the Protestant and Catholic Easter, it's quite early this year. So Ash Wednesday is on of all days, February 14th. Now for my Patreon supporters, we will be starting a Lenten journey together on this date with special content exploring the theme, As Above, So Below, the transformation of the earth with the Black Madonna. The content making up this 40-day journey to Easter is a prelude to a book in the publication pipeline. And the journal will be featuring explorations in Lent and how the Black Madonna is a connector between heaven and the earth. The ebook uh, journal will be available starting the beginning of February through the Black Madonna Speaks Patreon store. So check if it's not there, check again. It probably will be. And all paid supporters of the podcast will be receiving the journal and daily updates for members only during Lent. Now, again, check out the link below if you would like to join the Patreon community and be part of this experience, or you can purchase the ebook or other videos, articles, and podcasts through this store. Now, at the time of this posting of the podcast, we're at the end of January, like very end of January, 2024. And in certain ways, it's hard to believe that Christmas and New Year was just a few weeks ago. I mean, it's really, it feels like it was a million years ago because so much has happened on the planet and to each one of us personally. Now, as you can imagine, I really enjoy the period leading up to Christmas. And I also really enjoy these dark winter months, mainly because the nights are long and the quality of the light is much softer than at other times of the year. And where I'm living now, I, I'm an early bird. I wake up very early. So it's just delightful to me that I have almost three to four hours of darkness before the day starts. And it's really, really lovely. So as you can tell, I don't suffer from seasonal affective disorder. 
I never did. So I definitely have compassion for people that get depressed during this time of the year, but I'm not one of them. So I'll try not to be too cheerful around you uh, when you're suffering from this. Now, to begin, I'm going to read a verse for the Northern Hemisphere from the Calendar of the Soul by Rudolf Steiner for this particular week of the year. And it goes, Within the depths of winter, true spirit life grows ever warmer. It gives the world appearance through heart's force, power of being. The fire within my human soul defies with growing strength world's cold. Steiner wrote the following in his preface for these 52 verses, which uh, there's one for each week of the year. And it basically starts on Easter. That's considered the first week. And then there's 52 verses. Um, which sometimes need to be edited a little bit depending on when Easter happens. And they also, if you follow the calendar of the soul, they do have different verses for the Southern Hemisphere. Because obviously in the Southern Hemisphere, they're having um, summer. So the quote goes as follows. The course of the year has its own life. The human soul can sympathize with this life. If it allows what speaks differently from week to week from the life of the year to have an effect on it, then it will only find itself properly through such coexistence. The soul will feel how this gives her strength from within. She will notice that such forces want to be awakened in her through the share she can take. In the meaning of the course of the world, as it takes place in the sequence of times, only then will she become aware of the delicate but meaningful threads of connection between the soul and the world into which we were born." Unquote. Now, as my longtime listeners and followers have often heard me say, there are two main orientations I have concerning the Black Madonna. One is the concept of Rudolf Steiner on the spiritual significance of art, that art is a method by which the gods speak to humanity. The other orientation is that in terms of artistic symbolism, the Madonna is representative of the highest capacity of the human soul and the human being. It is through these orientations that we will be exploring a topic that is near and dear to my heart and so very much related to the Black Madonna in terms of understanding what the messages are saying to us. You know what the Black Madonna is speaking about from the spiritual world in terms of these dark images gracing so many shrines and churches around the world. The topic is divine darkness. If you explore scriptures, specifically the Judeo-Christian Bible, the word darkness is not 
what we consider associated with what we might call cheerful subjects. A verse that counters much popular as well as theological orientations towards darkness is found in the prophetic verse of Isaiah 45.3. The verse is considered to be a prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. Quote, I will give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. Unquote. The concept of divine darkness has so many connotations. In relation to the Black Madonna specifically and the Madonna in general, the coming new age is quite significant in relation to the evolution of the cosmos and humanity's participation in that evolution. The Madonna, particularly the Black Madonna in terms of an artistic genre, for me is very symbolic of the first millennia of Christianity. It's hard for us to comprehend how earth-shattering those first thousand years were in terms of humanity trying to orient itself to the new order of the universe. I'm currently exploring John's gospel in my own personal study, and it's so telling how the religious leaders during Christ Jesus's ministry simply were completely flummoxed to the point of demanding an execution over acts of charity, love, and healing. The biggie infraction that set local legal experts searching for a way to get rid of Jesus was healing people on the Sabbath. For those who are concerned as to how certain religious sects associating themselves with political movements designed to harm the most vulnerable in our human family as an election strategy, this tradition is quite old, to be honest. Power structures based on oppressing the weak have never liked it when they are challenged. The main issue regarding the Christ event is how the hierarchy of the cosmos changed from the structure of wisdom to the communal force of universal love. The divine feminine can be, often be understood as the divine feminine wisdom of the originating mystery of the universe. Some will identify this wisdom as a being, as the divine Sophia. Wisdom is the phenomena that allows creation to manifest according to set principles. Think of the sun and the planets, the orbits and positions of the stars. None of the order and harmony of the universe manifests itself from a daily thought process. There is an order, an inherent wisdom that creates the relationship of the members of the cosmos. Wisdom can be seen in our bodies. Say when one gets a cut on your finger, an entire immune and circulation response kicks in to heal the cut. Most of us are not thinking, hey, capillaries, send some clotting structures to the area of the cut. The body does this instinctively. This is wisdom. It is a process of wisdom and an order. The divine Sophia was first of all creations a container and matrix in order for the divine to manifest, 
all of what is before us in terms of physical reality. The relationship between the divine Sophia and the Logos is paramount. We hear in scriptures after Sophia was created, then God said, let there be, and whatever it was that he said there would be, it was good. The divine word, the Logos, was the catalyst for creation, and Sophia was the matrix that allowed all of that to manifest into physical reality. Read Proverbs 8 if you would like more information on this reality of cosmic history. Divinity, we are told, wanted full, conscious, and free beings to help transform the glorious wisdom of the cosmos into love. Humanity was created out of wisdom to help transform the cosmos into this new universe of love. One way to imagine this scenario is through the Madonna and child as an art form. A fascinating theme found in many black Madonnas of the first millennium of Christianity is how these sacred images present themselves upon thrones. The black Madonnas, particularly those in statue form, are presented as the image of divine wisdom. The Romanesque depiction of a seated virgin holding the Christ child on her lap is referred to as seated upon a, quote, throne of wisdom, unquote. This Romanesque Marian art form can be traced back to Byzantine depictions of Mary as Theotokos, or the mother of God. The sculpture of a seated virgin puts into visual form the topological tradition of comparing Mary to the throne of Solomon. Thus, Mary is a sedis sapientiae, or the throne of wisdom, the mother of God. Enthroned herself, who serves as a throne for the Son of God, turned into human flesh. To the medieval mind, the throne of wisdom statues were earthly manifestations of both the presence and the authority of the Virgin Mary. They were seen as a way to communicate with the heavenly court, relaying people's prayers and interceding on their behalf. In fact, the statues were not thought to have been made by sculptures in workshops, but to be miraculous in origin. So many of the Black Madonnas we have met through the Black Madonna Speaks podcast have incredible origin stories involving miraculous beginnings and discoveries, either by appearing or being carved or painted by the evangelist Luke. Technically, we are still in the Christmas epiphany season, so reference to Christmas carols is not so much of a stretch. One of my personal favorites that I sang as a child for many a Christmas has a very profound lyric relating to the Black Madonnas as conveying a powerful message from the spiritual world. Love 
came down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Stars and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead. Love incarnate, love divine. Worship we our Jesus. But wherewith for sacred sign? Love shall be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and others. Love for plea and gift and sign. This lovely poem that was made into a very popular Christmas carol was written by Christina Georgina Rossetti in 1885. The verse found in 1 John uh, verse 4 states that God is love and manifested in the incarnation of Christ. Therefore, Christ is the ultimate expression of universal love. The Christ child on Mary's lap represents divine wisdom incarnate, the ultimate expression of love. The Black Madonna as the enthroned virgin with child shows the highest potential for the human soul, that of birthing the Christ within and humanity's highest capacity, in fact our destiny for which we were created, that of transforming the cosmos of wisdom into the cosmos of love. The upcoming feast in the Western Christian liturgical calendar is Candlemas. And on February 2nd, which is 40 days after the 25th of December, is the 2nd of February. Candlemas, also known as the Feast of the Presentation of Jesus Christ, the Feast of the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, or the Feast of the Holy Encounter, commemorates the presentation of the Christ child at the temple. It is based upon the account of Luke 2, verse 22 through 40. In Old Testament religious practices found in Leviticus 12, after giving birth, a woman was to be ritually purified by presenting a lamb at the temple for sacrifice. In addition, one could offer a young pigeon or a dove, and that could be offered to atone for her sins. Candlemas, traditionally the conclusion of the Christmas epiphany season, while it is customary for Christians in some countries to move, remove their Christmas decorations on Twelfth Night, also known as Epiphany Eve, other traditions historically remove decorations after Candlemas. So no worries for you people who keep up your decorations well into February. You're actually following certain customs. On Candlemas, many Christians also take their candles to their local church where they are blessed and then used for the rest of the year. A lovely custom is on Candlemas, the priests or pastors enter a darkened church with lit candles and illuminate all areas within the building as a symbol of how when Christ's child came to the temple, he brought the healing light of a new era to humanity. 
Candlemas is an ancient feast that has developed over the centuries. In the early church's liturgy, January 6th was a combined feast with Christmas, Epiphany, and the Baptism of the Lord, with February 14th being the date 40 days after January 6th. The famous pilgrim Egeria, she's a fascinating story if you ever want to study up on her. She's kind of the first person that wrote the first pilgrim guide to the Holy Land. But anyways, she traveled to the Holy Land between 381 and 384, and she recorded the feast of the presentation on the 14th of February. Now, although Candlemas is considered a Christmas feast, it is also clearly connected to the upcoming Lenten and Easter seasons. Mary and Joseph offering Jesus to God is the beginning of his earthly ministry for his heavenly father. In ancient Druid practice, the date of Candlemas was called Imbolic and was seen as one of the cardinal midpoints between the solstices and the equinox. Imbolic is between the winter solstice and the spring equinox and was celebrated as a midpoint of the dark times in the Northern Hemisphere. And this celebration was a promise that the light was returning and spring was on its way with the renewal of life. Modern astronomy tells us that about 90% or more of the entire universe is what they call dark matter or dark energy. This substance, if one can call it that, holds everything together and prevents the cosmos from flinging out of control or everything crashing into one another. The new telescopes, first the Hubble and now the Webb, are taking pictures of the vastness of the universe and showing the birth of galaxies, stars, and such come from what are called black holes. As the northern hemisphere is in the midst of winter, it's hard to forget or hard to remember, excuse me, hard to remember that all sorts of creative energies are germinating beneath the surface of the earth, seeds and such, getting ready to burst forth in the spring. Usually mid-February is a time when many of us start our seedlings in our rooms or kitchens so they'll be ready to plant in March or April. The theology of divine darkness states that in complete darkness, the spirit is felt and experienced most profoundly. There are no distractions. There's a reason that all religious traditions have a recognition of prayer time in the wee hours of the morning when it is very, very dark. One can give full attention to divinity in such times. For me, this time of early February has always been quite treasured. These long nights where the sun rises late, I relish the silence so I can pray and write. The symbolism of Candlemas where Christ's child is brought to the temple, how the candles are illuminating the church, for me shows this incredible and sacred transformation 
of wisdom into love that the Black Madonna symbolizes. Divine wisdom gave birth to divine love. Out of the richness, the generative darkness that manifested all of creation, the ultimate example of love came forth. In the verse that I read in the beginning of this episode, it talks about how the outer world is dark and cold, but the heart is warm. These are dark times. It means there is something new germinating. Current events distract us from the deeper meaning of darkness. What if we saw the times we are enduring as an opportunity to bring something forth that is new? How is it can we bring about divine love from these rich, dark times? These are the messages from the spiritual world at this time, which are coming to us in the form of questions. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me. Don't forget to explore the links in the program notes for more information on how you can support the channel and join in a Lenten journey with the Black Madonna. Special thanks again to all my Patreon supporters. And until next time, this is Stephanie Georgia wishing you many, many blessings on your journey.